Morning, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off. Track the Chagiga, the second chapter, on the bottom of page 14b, the last line. Shalom is Benzaim, and he asked Benzaim, Psulish Ibrahim, Mao. She's a Psulish. She's a virgin. She married a Kohen Gadol. The Kohen Gadol is only allowed to marry a virgin. The Kohen Gadol says, Yeah, I found it to be a virgin. But then it turns out she's pregnant. I mean, she was pregnant before. So, how is that possible? So, maybe, obviously, isn't that proof that obviously you were mistaken? She's not a virgin? Or. Shmuel, do we take into account what Shmuel said? Shmuel, Yochel, and Elivel, Kamabil is below Dam. That it's possible to have relations with a virgin without rupturing the hymen. So obviously she had relations, and she's not a virgin. It appears to be a virgin, but the reality is it's not true. But the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> she, was, she was already pregnant. Oidilma, perhaps. Or maybe it's unusual. It's unusual to be able to remain a virgin after having relations. It's unusual, so you don't have to worry about that. So therefore, if she's a virgin, she's a virgin. So how else did she get pregnant? Samaluhu, the Shmuel Leishchiyach. Shmuel, that's not, that's that's uncommon. You don't have to worry about. And maybe she had relations, but she was. So then, she's a virgin. I mean, she was a virgin. She never had relations. How did she get pregnant? And maybe she became pregnant by bathing in a bathtub which semen had been deposited. They say been been. Novi, you know, they forced him to have uh, to masturbate, the whole story. And from that, some say Baruch ben Elia was his son, his Baruch ben Yirmiya. From that, from that, he got the wife, got, the mother got pregnant from that semen. Um, some say Ben Sira, Ben Sira, the author of one of the apocrypha that we had earlier was mentioning the Gemara earlier many times in Shas. The first time it's mentioned as we had it a few pages ago. And statement by Pensida. Some say he was also from that. How is that possible? A seminal emission which doesn't shoot like an arrow cannot fertilize. It has to come with strength. So, therefore, obviously, she must have had relations. It's proof in the pudding. You're saying, it's, yes, it's, uh, it's unusual, but here's the proof. She was pregnant, she was already pregnant. And the only way you can't say that she got the semen from artificial insemination. <laughs> Um, if it wasn't kachet, it wasn't, and it can't, it can't, uh, it can't make a pregnant. So the Gemara answers, "Mekod and nami yechesav." It means original when the seminal mission was ejaculated, it was yere kachet. Then that it's still potent. And then if she gets it, even though because she was in the same sauna and entered her into her, it's possible that she should get pregnant. The Gemara talking about the rabbis learn. Was standing on the step in the Temple Mount. But oh, Ben Zayim, probably almost fond of Ben Zayim, was much younger than Abishu. Saw him, but he didn't rise and stand up before him as he should have. They, they weren't. They were walking in opposite directions. Abishu greeted Ben Zayim, and Ben Zayim didn't respond. He didn't stop. He didn't say hello. Amalei, Mayin, Olayin, Ben Zayim. Where are you going? Coming, and where are you going? I was looking, surveying the difference between the upper waters 
and the lower waters. In other words, he was contemplating the secrets, the secrets of, of creation. Hashem separated the upper waters, the lower waters. And he found out, he found that the difference between these three waters is three finger breaths. Less than a, less than a tefach. Three finger breaths. Between the heaven and the earth is three finger breaths. The breath of Hashem hovers over the surface of the water. Like a, a, a dove that hovers over children, doesn't touch it, but hovers over. Three finger breaths. What do we consider the higher? still on the outside. His whole analysis is flawed. Let's look. That was only in the first day. It says Hashem's spirit hovered over the water. But when did Hashem separate the two waters? On Monday. So of course, so the, the proof that you're bringing the three breath that was on day one, but now there's a huge gap between heaven and earth. Made in the Vuchim, the Rambam describes what do you, what do you mean that Yeshua said that Benzayim is still on the outside? He gives an analogy that people are outside the palace. Those are walking away from the palace. Most, most people are not connected to Hashem. are walking in the opposite direction. They don't even know there's a palace. They're not even thinking about Hashem. The Yidin who are following Torah Mitzvahs, they know they're walking, they know there's a palace, but they don't, they have no clue. They just, they're not learning the deeper, not learning Tanya or the Chassidus. They have no clueless. You know, then you have those who are looking for the door. They know enough to start looking for the door. They're still on the outside. Then you have already someone inside the palace, a different level of the outer foyer and you have the inner foyer, Maisa Bereshis, Maisa Merkava. Now you're getting into the real, the real thing. But he says he's still on the outside. He didn't, he didn't even... Because Vekama, now that Hashem separated, so what's talking the, the, the how far is from the lower waters, upper waters? I'm not Racha, Bayakim, Kamalin, name like a hairbreath. The rabbis say, like a space between a plank of a bridge and the next plank. Like two garments, one on top of the other. There's no space between them. Others say, Two cups, one stuck inside the other. They're hard to get out. That means really there's no space between them. Okay. Yeah, it makes it even smaller than... than right, the, here right, right. Right. Um, it doesn't seem to make sense. Here he's saying that the Baruch HaLakim, like a dove that hovers, that's day one. Then Hashem separated the two waters and he's bringing them even closer. Okay, mother says, Acher Kitzitz when this. Acher was one of the four who entered into the Pardes. And he chopped down the saplings. All of a cause of Emer, I'll teach in this picha, lachtis perech. It says in, in the Ecclesiastes, in Kehelles, Shalim says, don't allow your mouth to bring guilt upon your flesh. And he continues, the pastor continues, don't say before an angel was in error. Why should Hashem be angered by your speech and destroy the work of your hands? You know what What happened? 
He went entered into paradise and he had this mystical experience. He saw the angel Israel was given permission to write to record the merits of the Yidin. said, We have a tradition. Then in heaven, there's no sitting, there's no competition, there's no back. There's no, there's no, you don't get tired, yet Mitatan is sitting. Maybe there are two authorities, Hashem and Mitatan. He took Mitatan out, and they flicked upon him 60 blows of fire, strikes of fire. Um, many lashes, more than the 40 lashes that we get down here, 39 lashes. Taisva says, why 60? Because here you get lashes in the age of 13, you get 39. That's three for every year. In heaven, they only start, they only punish you the age of 20. So three for every year, that's 60, 60 lashes. So they, 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 they punish Mitatran. I go and said that he came to the, like he started believing in, in the Zoroaster religion, in dualism. That there's the material and the spiritual and the disconnected. There's good and there's evil, there's light and there's darkness and the disconnected, the opposite of monotheism. So why did they? Why did they? Uh, why did they hit Metatron? It was Acher was sin. But they they hit Metatron because, firstly, to show that he's not God, that he's also getting punished. He has to submit to a higher authority. But also, it says, it says elsewhere that who is Mitatan was really Chanoich. In other words, we find elsewhere also Elio, they hit with, with, the, with the pulses of light, you know, got hit with his energy. So, because only a soul, they were souls who became angels. A soul that becomes an angel, just like a human being gets punished, because he has freedom of choice. Angels don't get punished. Angels have no freedom of choice. You can't punish them. Mm-hmm. But soul, an angel used to be a soul that became an angel. They're the only ones that we find that actually get punished. Mm-hmm. So they, 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 uh, they punish Metatron. Amalei, my time. They said to Metatron, my time, you should have stood up when you saw him. When you realize that he's going to make a mistake and he's going to think that you're 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 a god, you should have stood up. Tatum was given permission to raise the merits of Acher. He had tremendous merit. He was a Tana. He was the equivalent. He was one of those rare Tanoim who had the ability to go into Pardes. He was the teacher of Rabbi Meir. He was the colleague of Rabbi Kiva Ben Zayma Ben Azai. So that's what that's what the pasuk means. Don't say before an angel that it was an error. It's going to lead you to heresy. By the way, this is what happened in, in Lahavdil. This is what happened in the sixties. People were on this mystical quest, and they were taking, you know, all these uh, altering, mind-altering. They wanted to have these deep mystical experience. Um, 
and you know, taking LSD and all the other stuff, black sables and danishes, and all the <laughs> but, but what happened? It completely corrupted. They completely abandoned any morality. They became completely immoral. They, you know, you can have a mystical experience, but if it's not grounded, it could lead you to total immorality. It could lead you to the worst things. You just throw off, you know, or, what you call organized religion. You became, uh, became a heretic. Let him astray. Yatsa Baskav Amra, a heavenly voice came out and says, Shuvu Banam Shivavam Chutzmiach, return, return. The sons, the wayward sons, the sons who, the wild sons, rebellious sons, except for Acher. Hashem says, Acher, I'm not going to accept his Shuvu. Amari said, Hoyl Vitru, Gavram Alma, since anyway I have no share in the world to come, Shuvu is not even going to help. Let me go and enjoy this world. So he became, he went after bad society and he started partying and enjoying this world. He gave up mitzvahs altogether. He went out and he found a harlot and asked for services. Aren't you the great holy sage? What happened? He took a, uprooted a radish from a radish tree, a patch on Shabbos, uh, you know, violating public, openly desecrating Shabbos, and he gave it to her. Amr, she says, Acheru, this must be someone else. And that name stuck. From that time on, he was called Acher, like a different person. So he tell the story, the Baal that he promised, he was he, on the way to Israel, he went to Israel, and, he, and he, he was robbed, and he ended up in Istanbul, and someone hosted him and his family, he had nothing for Pesach, and he promised him a son, he asked, what can I do for you? He said, I'm very wealthy, I have everything I need, but I don't have any children. And Hashem promised him next week, and I'm inside. And the heavenly voice came out, and he says, this person was not destined to have children, but since you promised him, and we learned, you forced Hashem's hand, and Hashem had to rearrange the whole universe just to fulfill your, and that's why you're going to lose your share in the world to come. You no longer have a share in the world to come. What was the Hashem response? Oh, Baruch Hashem, Mazel Tov. Now I can serve Hashem without any ulterior motive because I know I'm not getting any reward. So the heavenly voice came out and said, you got back your share of the world to come. And that's, if Elisha ben Avuya, his response would have been, I'm serving Hashem. What do I care? I get a share in the world to come. I don't get a share. Mitzvahs are not about me. It's about serving Hashem, doing what Hashem wants. So what difference does it make? Then he would have gotten a share in the world to come. But he took it, he took it literally. Oh, the heavenly voice said, except me, there's nothing I can do, so I'm out of here. There's no point. He, he missed, it was a point, it was a test, and he completely missed it. Okay. After he strayed, what's the meaning of the Pasuk? It says, Amir was a student. What's the meaning of the Pasuk? Shlema Mel says in Ecclesiastes, Hashem made one versus the other. Whatever Hashem created, He created something corresponding to but a hard but a voice. Opposites. Mountains and 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 uh, and, and hills, small mountains. But a Yamin, but an Ahadis. You know, he created two two things that correspond to it. Parallel. Mount, big mountains, small mountains, small hills. Seas. He created rivers. Your teacher, Amaya's teacher, didn't, didn't interpret that way. He interpreted it. Opposites, not parallel, opposites. 
righteous and wicked. Heaven and hell. Every person has two portions. We have a, we have a seat <laughs> reserved for us in heaven and in hell. Zoch, it's sad going to write the person merits not the chelk of the chelk Not only does he get his own portion, he also gets his friend's seat in Gandaiden. It's high with when a wicked person comes guilty, not the chelk of the chelk of the Not only he gets his own, his own portion in Gehenim, he also gets his friend's portion in Gehenim. Now, the righteous person that doesn't belong in Gehenim. So, who gets his, share, his portion in Gehenim? The, the evil person. In other words, a, a person who's righteous, not only he is personally righteous, he inspires others to be righteous. He inspires others to do good. So therefore, not only does he have the credit of his own good deeds, he also gets the credit of all the good deeds that he inspired in others. A wicked person, besides him himself being evil, he also, he also causes other people. He's in bad influence. So he's also held account, not only for his own sins, he's also held account... For other people's sins. Now, now, even the wicked person has has a portion in Gandhi because this he does some mitzvahs, he's done some good in his life. So he did give his eighteen dollars to the UGA or something. He, did, he does some mitzvahs. He did one good deed in his life. He honored his parent. He did something nice in his life, or at least once. So he gets that that portion is given to the righteous. Since they are responsible for, for bringing so much goodness to the world, so therefore his, his reward, they give it to the righteous, to that person. Vice versa, even a righteous person for the few deeds that he did, for the few negative things, sins that he did, he has to get punished. But it's, that punishment is given to the wicked because he was a bad influence. He was, it, wasn't just, it wasn't just himself. He was a circle of influence. So therefore, let him, let him pay for, for the bad deeds of the tzaddik. That's what Rabbi Akiva interpreted. Rabbi Sharshi said, What's the source for this in the Pasuk? That they will inherit a double portion in the land. Which is referring to Ganeiden. They'll get a double portion. It says, it says in Jeremiah that he will devastate them with a double devastation, double disaster. After he was called Acher, after he became, he went bad, he strayed. He asked him, "What's the meaning of the pasuk?" He still learned Torah. He was a great Torah guy. He loved learning Torah, and he was a teacher. What does the pasuk in Job mean? As for wisdom, mankind does not know its worth. Refers to Torah, which is hard to acquire, just like gold vessels and fine gold vessels. It's hard to acquire, but it's easy to lose and to forget. Like glass vessels are easy to break. So it's hard to acquire gold, but it's as easy to lose as glass. You just drop it and it's gone. You're careless and it's over. It's all over. 
Amalei said, Rabbi said to Elisha Menavuya, said to Rabbi Akiva, your teacher, your master, my colleague, Rabbi Akiva, he did not interpret that way. He interpreted this way. Gold and silver, even though. I'm, I'm sorry. Just like gold and, and glass, even though they're broken, you can fix it. So to a Torah scholar, even, even if he sours, he could do tshuva. You could do tshuva, it's never too late. On the last breath of your life. Yeah. So Ambalai, so Rabbi Kimmeir turned around and said to Acher, so, so Rabbi, my master, why don't you do tshuva? You yourself just said, you can do tshuva. Ambalai, Kvashamatim Acher, Pagad already heard the voice behind the partition, Shuva Banu Shivavim Chutzmei Acher. Hashem says, I'm going to forgive everyone except Acher. Acher was such a treachery. He was like the Torah scholar of the generation. And he turned against Hashem. It led so many Jews astray. They stopped believing in the whole thing. He, he's on the inside. And he said this whole thing is nonsense. Could you imagine? So he says, everyone could do tshuva except Ach. Tell the rabbis learn. It happened with Ach. He was riding on a horse on Shabbos. Wait, was following him learning Torah. While he was desecrating Shabbos, he was mouthing Torah. And a mayor, a student, was, was following says, it's time for you to stop, go back. Why? Because I was calculating the footsteps of my horse. It's past the quarantine. You're not allowed to walk. Take one step past this place. <laughs> so you also go back. says, teacher, no. You also go back. Do tshuva. Didn't I already tell you? I already heard from behind the partition. I have inside information. Hashem is never going to accept my tshuva. Talk for idle the base of the Russia. The mayor grabbed him and threw him into the base of Madras. He thought maybe, maybe, maybe he'll get him to the Truva. Amalei, like he forced him to go into Shul with him, to the base of Madras. Amalei, look, as Acha said to a young boy, What did you just learn in Cheder? Amalei, I learned in Shain Shalom Amar Hashem Lerushayim. I just learned that there's no peace in Isaiah. There's no peace. There's no peace to Rishoyim. Ain't Shalom. Usually when someone comes to Shul, you greet him. With a warm Shalom Aleichem. Here Hashem says, Ain't Shalom. Get out of here. I'm not, I'm not accepting you. He went to another Shul. He stopped the child. It's like a mini prophecy. What did you just learn in Cheder? I learned the Pasuk. He was in Jeremiah. He was and even if you're going to wash with soap, with, with, with soap and all different ingredients, your iniquity remains stained before me. There's nothing you can do to remove the stain. Shuvah will not help. I went to a third troll. He didn't give up. We continue on side B. Please tell me a passage that you just learned. I just learned the passage in Jeremiah, the Atshadud Matasi, and you, pl- oh plundered one, what will you do? If you wear scarlet, if you put on a golden, a golden uh, ornament, you paint your eyes with, with mascara, you'll beautify yourself in vain. It's not going to help. The beauty of Taylor is wasted on you. He went to a fourth. Rabbi brought him into a fourth shul. I little place of a third shul. 
all of the psukim, he's not going to repeat all of them, but it was all in the same vein. Every one of them. Mm. Ah, he didn't come to, he didn't come to Chabad house. <laughs> there was no Chabad houses then. Le the last boy, said, tell me your verse, Amalei, he said, it says in, in Tilim, Psalm 50, the Rosh Amalei came to the evil one, Hashem says, why do you recount my decrees? Oh, you know, Kevin, come and listen. He, well, he didn't speak clearly. It sounded as if he told him, Instead of a Lerasha, it sounded he was he was speaking with like a lisp or something. Lelisha Amaralikim. Others say, Some say that Achad had a knife and he dismembered this boy. He was so angry. He sent the pieces of 13 shuls. He says, I had a knife. I would rip this boy into pieces. He was so angry. In the world, the Truva doesn't help. Even when, even when it says he can't do Truva, there's nothing. If you push, you push hard, there's nothing in the world that can hold, hold you back. Exactly. You break down the door. Now the Ben Yehuda says it doesn't mean that he killed the boy, he murdered the boy and cut him to pieces. It means he, in the scroll, the scroll that the verses that the, the boy was reading, he cut it to thirty pieces. And he was telling him, you see, there's, um, there's no point in me doing tshuva. Hashem doesn't want to accept my tshuva. So what do you want from my life? When Acher passed away, Amri, they said in heaven, we can't judge him. We can't, we, and we can't bring him to, to heaven. We can't send him to hell. We can't send him to heaven. Why not? His whole life was engaged in Torah. So the Torah is going to protect him from the fires of Gehenim. That's the power of Torah. As it says, we're going to learn the end of our tractate. That they're, 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 it protects him. The Torah protects him. Like a lizard, right? Yeah, yeah, then the other side could say that maybe the, uh, the ship's uh, prostitute really turned them upside down, right? <laughs> but, but the trader protects you. How does it explain? Yeah. We're getting there. And you can't bring him to the world to come from the Chata, he's sin. So he was, he was in limbo. He was stuck in limbo. It's better that he should be go to Gehenim, so he'll be purified and cleansed, so eventually he'll get to the world to come. So that's, Gehenim is a purification process, like you have a stain. You come into this world, you have a clean, clean clothes, and then you get all bashmutzik, so you can get out the stain, and you come back from the cleaners, and it comes back brand new so you take all the stains sometimes have, now it depends how deep the stain is sometimes you have to fire and you have to hot water and soap and you have to rub and scrub but eventually eventually everyone could be cleansed so he's better he should go to hell and he should be cleansed so eventually he'll get to Ganeid and it's worth it so he says when I die I will raise smoke from his grave in other words, I'm going to make sure I'm going to send them to hell I'm a good student. I'm going to send my teacher to hell. Ramey <laughs> passed away. Pillar smoke rose from Acher's grave. He was successful. He, he, was, he got heaven to send Acher's soul into hell. And this went on for many, many, many years. Smoke was coming out of his grave. It's a big, it's a big accomplishment to burn your teacher. <laughs> You're sending your teachers to hell. It was one student amongst us who stumbled. And we can't save him. There's nothing we can do. We don't have the power to help him and to save his soul. 
He was, Alicia was one of the top, the top, the la creme, the la creme, one of the four that entered the paradise. There's nothing we can do. We're so powerless to, to, to save him, save his soul. He knocked the biyadeh. If I, if I would have taken, I would have taken by the hand, man, man, who will take him away from me? I'll take him by my hand and I'll take him, I'll take him to Ganeiden with me. Omar, when he saw Rabbi Yechon said, Masay Omus, when I die, I'm going to extinguish the smoke from his grave, meaning I'm going to take him into, into Gan Eden. Rabbi Yechon passed away. The smoke stopped. So he said, so Yulah just said, Even the watchman at the entrance of Gan Eden could not stand before you, was able to go in and schlep his neshama out. Now, how many years was it from when the mayor passed away to Rabbi Yechonon passed away? We do the calculation. So, so what's the calculation? Think of the calculation. It says one second. One hour in Gehenna is, worth, is, is more painful than 70 years of the worst pain of Job. One hour in Gehenna. A Russia, regular Russia is in Gehenna, 12 months, which is close to 9,000 hours. Rab Meir was the teacher of Rab Shimbayichoi. Rab Shimbayichoi, he lived before Rab Shimbayichoi. Rab Shimbayichoi was the teacher of Rabbi, who was the teacher of Rabbi Yechonon. And Rabbi Yechonon lived a very long life. So you're talking about maybe 100 years. So it was worth it for him to roast in Gehenim. The worst pain. Every hour in Gehenim is, is unbearably painful. For over 100 years. Just in order that he should reach the lowest level of Ganeidin. Because the pleasure and the ecstasy of Ganeidin is indescribable, that it's worthwhile to go through all this terrible pain, just that he should be cleansed and he should be able to go to go to, go to Ganeidin. So Matatra wasn't really successful in wiping out all his terror because they're... When you erase the hard drive, the NSA still has a way to uncover it. <laughs> That's the question. Why did the Neshama come down from such a lofty place from heaven come down into this world, this coarse, crass, dark world, which is, is such a... This, the lowest pleasure of the, of the Neshamayim is so much greater than anything we can experience in this world. The mother says, The daughter of Acher came before Rebbe. Amrale, he says, Rebbe, Panasaini, support me. My father died. There's no one here to support me. Amrallah, Rebbe said, Bat me out. Who are you? The daughter of Umla, I'm the daughter of Achet. I'm like, dying, yes, they're still, he still has children alive. It says in Job that the, the light of the wicked flickers out, his memory will be lost from the land, he will have neither child nor grandchild among his people, no survivor in, the, in his habitation. She said to him, Remember his title that he learned. Don't remember his deeds. Don't forget, Elisha ben Avui is quoted in the ethics of our fathers. He's quoted in the, in the, in the, in the Talmud forever. Remember his title. Don't, don't remember his deeds. A fire came down and singed the bench of Rebbe. Because he insulted the learning, the title of Elisha ben Avuya. Taita's fire. Rabbi cried and he said, if those, those who, who their association with Taita, they're embarrassed of association with Taita, 
And look how Hashem takes on their honor. Hashem defends them. Those who compliment themselves, who are proud of their connection to Torah, who live a Torah life, how much more so Hashem will defend them. How is Hashem allowed to learn Torah from Acher, from this heretic? It says in the verse, it says in Malachi, the last prophet, for the lips of the Koyan should safeguard knowledge and you should seek Torah from his teaching. Because he is an angel of Hashem. We already had this earlier in the Gemara. If a teacher resembles like a Malach, if he's a saint, then learn Torah from his mouth. If he's not practicing what he's preaching, so how can he learn Torah from someone like Achir? Amir found another verse and he expounded. It says in Proverbs, says, Bend your ear and listen to the words of the wise. And set your heart to my perspective. It doesn't say to their mind. In other words, don't look at what they, their perspective is. Maybe your teacher's perspective is, is wrong. Listen to the words of Torah that, 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 you're, that you're hearing from him. Oh, the scholar is a wicked person, so don't listen to his personal opinion. Take the Torah and listen to the opinion of Hashem, the words of Torah. says from a different verse. It says in Psalm, Shimi Vas, Uri, hear my daughter and see and bend your ear forget your people and your father's house in other words forget their deeds and listen listen to what they're saying don't listen to what they're doing listen to what I say not what I do this is a case an example of listen to what I say not what I do this is a contradiction. One verse it says you have to be like a malach. Here you're bringing me two psukim that say it doesn't matter. Listen to what he says and not what he does. Well, the kasha is not a contradiction. A person who's very mature, who can take, who can learn and discard and not be swayed by the teacher, he's brilliant. He's one in, one in a generation. So let me learn from his teachings and I won't pay attention to what he's done. But a small person, he can only learn from an angel, someone who is a saint. Otherwise, he's going to be affected. He doesn't have the maturity to distinguish. He, he'll, otherwise, he'll be affected by the callousness of, of his teacher. That's why Acher was the only one. From all the rabbis, Acher was the deepest, the deepest rabbi, the greatest mind. He was able to do it. Mm-hmm. They, say, they said in Eretzisol, in the West, Amir took a date. He ate the edible parts and threw the pit away. He had that ability. It says in the Pasuk, it says in Song of Songs, the says, I went down to the garden of a nut tree to see the green plants of the stream. So, why are the Titus Kalas compared to a nut tree? The nut could be dirty, filthy, with mud, and even dung. What's inside does not become repulsive because it's a thick, a thick nut, a thick uh, shell. Even though he personally soured, he's full of dung and the mud, but the Torah does not become repulsive. Rabbi Shilil met Elio. 
Hashem is repeating the teachings in the mouth of the rabbis. He doesn't repeat the teachings of Rabbi Meir. Why not? Because he taught, he learned this Torah from Acher. So Hashem doesn't want to, doesn't want to repeat Rabbi Meir's Torah. Why is this held against Rabbi Meir? He found the pomegranate. He ate the, the he he ate the seeds and he threw away the peel. Amir had the power to do that. Now that you just said it, now Hashem says, Hashem follows the rabbis. The rabbis have a power to innovate. Hashem gave them that power. Till now Hashem didn't even want to mention Amir, but since since Rabbi Baruch Shila said his statement. And he verbalized and he said the statement, his opinion, that Rameir was able to eat the seeds and to throw out the shell. Hashem accepted it right away and Hashem started quoting Rameir by his name. Meir, Meir, my son says. Right, Hashem follows the rabbis. When a person suffers with sin, what does the say? I'm burdened in my head. I have a headache. I'm burdened by my arm. I feel heavy. It was Hashem is affected by us. When we sin, we affect Hashem. Hashem feels the weight. If Hashem is so pained by the by the spilled blood of the wicked. How much more so that Hashem is pain when something bad happens to the righteous? Hashem is not happy. Hashem doesn't want the wicked to suffer. Hashem wants them to do tshuva. Hashem is in pain. Ashke Shmuel Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shmuel found Rabbi Yehuda the told He was leaning on the door on the bolt of a doorway, and he was crying. You know the horizontal bolt you have in the door? Mm-hmm. Secure the doors. He was leaning against the bolt and he was crying. Amalei, Shinana, Micah Shinana. was called Shinna, sharp, he had a very sharp, sharp mind. Shinana, Micah, why are you crying? Amalei, Mizutu, Rabbanan. Is it a small thing that it's written regarding the rabbis? It's written, Aye Sefer, Aye Shaker. It's written, Isaiah. Where is the one who can count? And where's the one who can wait? Where's the one who can count the towers? That means, Where are the ones who can count, who knew at the count, every letter in the Torah, how many letters there are in the Torah? Also, uh, correct letters. Sometimes you, you add the letter, like the Torah, sometimes you have the Vav, you don't have the Vav. So they knew each letter, which word has to be a full word, which word has to be. They were able to count every letter in the Torah. We are those who can weigh. They will weigh all the Kalvah in the Torah. You learn out one of the 13 ways how you'd expound the Torah. You learn a Kalvah a compelling argument. If it's in the light, light case, how much... In the severe case, how much more so? In, if it's in the light case, how much more so in the, in the severe case? 
so that we're able to weigh all of that. Where are they? I is safe as a migdolim. We're the ones who count towers. Who taught three hundred halachas regarding a tower that floats in the air? This is two thousand years. It predates the airplane. Your mother's already talking about an airplane. Amazing. The laws of Tumma about a tower that floats in the air. So many questions. There are like five different ways of understanding, interpreting what this means. But we'll just, we'll just, we'll just stick to the, to the simple one. Okay. Yeah. The heads of the Sanhedrin, advisors of King Shaul, slandered up themselves. They were the heads of the Sanhedrin. They were the the, uh, the the greatest Torah scholars, the Nachitevul was the one advisor to, to, to David Amelach, and he deserted David Amelach, and he supported Avshalom. They were not contemporaries. Daig was in the time of Shaul, and Nachitevul was later in the time of David. And but he means that that each one in their day they raised three hundred halachas, three hundred questions. About about the flying tower. With Nana, we learn the mission. Three kings and four commoners have no share in the world to come. Who are the commoners? Bilam Doyeg and Achitayful and Gechazi. So even those, that's what that's what the pasuk is lamenting. Where are these great Torah scholars? These wonderful Torah scholars? These unique Torah scholars? Doyeg and Achitayful who knew three hundred halachas. Uh, about this, this uh, the, 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 the floating tower, the flying tower, and yet they have no share in the world to come. It was the Taylor uh, did not protect them. So non alone. What's going to? That's why he was crying. What's going to be us? What's going to be with us? If the Taylor couldn't protect them, and look how low they fell. What's going to protect us? sharp work. It's not. A, it's not. It's not correct. They had impure thoughts in their hearts. But your heart is pure, therefore you have nothing to cry, you have nothing to worry about. The Torah will protect you. In other words, their evil predisposed, their evil already was before they started learning Torah. They, they were rotten already. They had a rottenness inside of them, and therefore it just surfaced at the end. But you always had a pure heart, you have nothing to worry about. What is it, Acher Mai? What impure thoughts did Acher have? Why did he go, go astray? Your mother says, A Greek song never, never sees. You always sing a Greek, a Greek song. Rashi explains that he should have refrained because after, this was right after the destruction of the temple. And instead, he always had a Greek song in his lips. You know, from, from the top ten. Question is why a why a Greek song? I mean, it was it was the it was the Romans who destroyed the temple. So he says it's because the Greeks had a very profound culture, and singing a song that's the problem with listening to non-Jewish music, non-Jewish songs, because the 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 culture is really the song touches you very deeply, and the song captures. A whole zeitgeist, a whole Weltanschrang, a whole the soul of the singer is putting into his so, into the song. So when you're singing that song, it affects you. It affects you tremendously.
singing a Hasidic song, <laughs> full of yearning for godliness, for holiness. He sang a Greek song. He, is, he had a rot. He had a rot inside of him. He loved. He loved the culture. He loved the Torah, but he also loved uh, loved the culture. They said, when he would stand up from his seat, heretical books would fall from his lap. That was, he would love to read all this culture and this philosophy, and uh, he would hide it. He was, you know, so, so yes, he was affected by it. Also, books. The author puts his, puts himself into the book. The Hashem puts him, the author of the Torah. Hashem puts himself in the Torah. So when you're learning Torah, you're touching the soul of Hashem. It's beyond the, the knowledge of the words. Your soul is touching the soul of the author of Hashem. You, you're being elevated, purified. When you read a book of a Goyish author, of a, you know who knows that if his soul is rotten and decadent. He can't help but be affected. So he was affected. Shol nimas the weaver nimas the weaver as a mayor it's not true that all wool that goes into the dyeing pot absorbs the dye. So how were you not affected by learning Torah from Achet? Any wool that is clean from the lamb's mother absorbs the dye. However, but any wool that's not clean from the lamb's mother doesn't properly absorb the dye. Oh, what is she waiting oh, with? What's no, Torah? So, no, so he's saying if if it's cl- the wool is clean, like uh, from from the mother, the mother as soon as it was born, it was never untouched, clean, then it will absorb the dye. But if it's but if it's not if it's not clean from the mother's womb, it won't absorb the dye. It doesn't absorb so well. So if someone who has a fear of Hashem, so he won't he won't absorb anything negative. He'll just absorb the Torah. It's only when someone is open and he's not, he doesn't have, he's not as clean, then, then he can absorb, if he's, if he's totally clean, he doesn't have anything else, he doesn't have any f- fear of Hashem or of Hashem on his own, then he will absorb. Then he will absorb. We'll stop over here because the Yerushalmi brings a lot of interesting things about Elisha that the mother doesn't bring. So to round out the subject, we'll, 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 we'll continue tomorrow. Everyone have a wonderful